Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You want that controversy? Of course I would. Of course I would. That was Jerry Jones a few weeks ago. What's for real and what's for controversy after the Cowboys win? Also, Kyler slide, the Brady rules, and uh, this year. Because for the Mets to go out, disappointing. For the Mets to be one hit, embarrassing. For the Mets to trumpet Blair, uh, but to go out caressing Joe Musgrove's ear, that's a whole new level. Let's go. <laughs> like I said, wait till next year. Again for the Mets. Did you say wait till next year, Frank? Year. Just for you. We'll get to that. Jerry Jones said he wanted a quarterback controversy a few weeks ago. What he has now is a team that has won four straight with backup quarterback Cooper Rush whilst completing 10 passes yesterday against the Rams. The Cowboys manhandling L.A.'s Offense. Look at the hit on Matthew Stafford. We'll think about that when we talk about Brady in a second. But the Cowboys have now beaten both Super Bowl teams from last year. Frank Isola around the horn to you. Is it possible the Cowboys are for real? Is it possible that controversy conversation is for real? <laughs> well, they're absolutely for real. And you mentioned it. They beat Cincinnati and now the Rams you know, within a 22-day period, you know, you have your quarterback throws for 102 yards in a league where everybody throws for a lot of yardage, and you still win the game. The last two Super Bowl winners, Tampa Bay and last year with the Rams, what did they win with? Defense. This defense is just as good as anyone out there, and Micah Parsons is an absolute menace. He's as good as anybody. Dallas is for real, and it's because of the other side of the ball. Right, you are uh, you're, you're avoiding the quarterback conversation that, that Jerry has invited. Kevin Blackstone, floor is yours. Well, I'll talk about the quarterback. Um, that is not a controversy. When you only throw the ball 16 times, what you are doing as a coach is you're managing your quarterback situation. And give them credit for that because all of a sudden they've gone from a passing team right to a running game. They, they run the ball about 30 times a game right now, and they don't allow Cooper, uh, Cooper Rush to have to beat them through the air. But the other thing that Frank's touched on there about defense is absolutely correct. A couple seasons ago, this was one of the most poorest defenses in the league. Right now, they're one of the stiffest defenses in the league. What they get? Five sacks yesterday to get them 20 on the year? They are absolutely all over quarterbacks right now. And given that defense, that makes them for real. Woody Page. Yeah, is Cooper Rush... The quarterback or an offensive philosophy of the Cowboys now? I think that you have to say that Dan Quinn is the coach of the year so far through the quarter season of the NFL. I, I think, uh, Kevin, you mentioned it. You said a couple of years ago they were bad. Guess what made a difference other than Parsons? That was bringing in Dan Quinn, who has always been a yep. great defensive coordinator or head coach in Atlanta when he went Super Bowl in Seattle. But I think they have to go back to Dak Prescott. We just saw yesterday that you're with that controlled, limited offense, you need to bring back the guy that's your starter. You don't lose your job because you had an injury. But more so than that, 
he was playing well last year before he was hurt. I think that's the difference that you got to make. Are they for real? I think the world's worst dif- uh, division is now for real. We're talking about the Giants. Yeah. We're talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys. We're going to find out more when the Eagles and the Cowboys play next week. And George Dano. Mm-hmm. Tony, they're for real, but we're going to find out how real they are next week when they have to take on a Philadelphia Eagles team. I think Eagles I just heard team that. that yes. uh, they're co- <laughs> Their quarterback doesn't want to talk about their 5-0 start. Nonetheless, here's the there's no quarterback controversy, but Dak should take notes, Tony, because they have basically flipped the script on their offense. They were about a 60-plus percent pass team to only under 40 percent run, and they have flipped that script where now 60 percent of the time they are running the ball and 40 percent of the time they're passing the ball. I'm not saying that Dak needs to only throw the ball 16 times. But if you go back to his, his rookie year, when they had their most success as far as the team was concerned, it was when they ran the ball a lot more. And by the way, while we're here having this discussion, the defending Super Bowl champions are a shell of themselves. Mm. If you look at Les Snead and what they've been able to accomplish, he's made a lot of right moves. But at the end of the day, they were going to have to pay the piper. When your motto is F them picks, at some point you're going to have to pay on that loan for all those picks that you've given up. And here's where we are with the Rams. Frank, I saw the last word after the horn. You know, it's funny. I, I, I do think they'll go back to Dak, Dak Prescott. But you guys are sitting there making it sound like it's Joe Montana. Dak Prescott has a huge contract. I get that. Hasn't been that successful. The job of Cooper Rush, who everyone thought, well, a few weeks ago, they'll probably go out and try to get Jimmy Garoppolo. He's gone in there and won. He went on the road on Monday Night Football, won. He went into L.A. yesterday and won. His job is to manage the game to help them win. So don't make it seem like it's an automatic. Oh, absolutely. All right, KB. Do we really know that? Well, they're not, but they're, yeah, they're not winning with an aerial attack. They're winning because he is managing the they're, game. I think that's the they're, point. But that, they're winning. That, so let uh, Dak Prescott do that. They thing. are winning. That's how he. Well, he can do that. He can give you another dimension. Throw the ball too. Maybe, maybe Jerry was right. Maybe he wants infighting among you people, people of your yeah, ilk. Exactly. And, and the defense can <laughs> be the star every week. When you got Michael Parsons, that's not that hard. We're gonna move on. Buccaneers twenty-one, Falcons fifteen. It was about to be Falcons ball with the chance to win at the end. Great comeback, even. No one could believe this was Play for a foul. Rough in the passes. Game call, the fans, even the fans. I know it's a whole fans. They're like, really? Okay, we'll take it. Jerome Boger, after the game, said it was how Grady Jarrett unnecessarily threw Tom Brady down. Do you think it was unnecessary? Do you think it was because it was Brady and the special treatment he receives? And one more thing, on, an option here. Do you think it was because extra focus on plays like this from Tua Tungabailoa a few weeks ago? George Dana, go ahead. Tony, do I think it was because it's Brady? Absolutely, I think it's because it's Brady. And forget about what I think. Tristan Wirfs, their offensive lineman, joked about that after the fact that, well, maybe because, you know, Tom and what he's accomplished in this league has done, that this is where we're at with him. And in regards to the Tua stuff, if we're going to take Jerome Boger at his word, he said no. He denied that that had anything to do with this particular call. The call was a joke, okay? That is not... If, Mar- if Marcus okay. Mariota is on the other side of that and he gets flipped up that way, that play happens all the time. It only gets called there because of Brady in my right. Okay, so to answer the and question, it was because of Brady, but you believe it was a joke. You believe it's bad for football that one player yes. has different set of rules. Frank Isola, how about you? Absolutely. 
Oh, come on. NBA refs, you know, they'll say there's no such thing as a superstar call, and yet we all know that. And you cannot – I don't care what any referee says in the NFL. What has been the topic of discussion for the last two weeks? It's been about Tua, and everyone saw that play against Cincinnati. So you cannot have it both ways and everyone be outraged and think that that had nothing to do with it. It clearly did, and the referee is watching a 45-year-old guy getting thrown to the ground like that. And guess what? Tom Brady, like Michael Jordan, like, all, like Peyton Manning used to do, they spend the whole game working the okay, referee. Okay, but hold on a second. The age of the quarterback? You think the, the referee's like, well, that's Tom Brady. And oh, Tom Brady's 45. We can't let him be tackled like that. Kevin Blackstone? Well, I think it was a reaction to the news of the past week and a half, as Frank just alluded to. There's no question about that. I mean, this is a story that transcended sports. People don't even talk about sports. We're talking about the concussion protocol and the concussion problem in the NFL. I will say this, two things. One, it was a bad call. It was an overreaction. But two, what the NHL, NFL should do is what the NHL said it's going to do this year, and they're going to use video review for an opportunity to rescind um, uh, major penalties. And if you use that in this this case, that's exactly what would have happened. And Woody Page. It was a call flaw, but let me tell you some insight about the officials. I have stayed in the hotels with them at the airport many, many times. I've gone into the meetings with the officials. They will go in there and say, what's going on in the league? The supervisory will say, we need to be looking at the quarterbacks. That's not right. Tom Brady. That's not Peyton Manning. That's quarterbacks in the league. And right. he'll say, be very careful about what you call. Make sure you protect the quarterback. That's exactly what they go through the night before. They come to the game. They're watching specifically for plays like that. It was a bad call. Shouldn't have happened. Jared hit him in the strike zone, which is very small, like in baseball. But, yes, and it was a rollover, but it didn't land, he didn't land on there his There were head. multiple and roughing fouls called, called. On, uh, on defenders sacking or hitting quarterbacks in yesterday's game. Jacoby Brissett got one. Matthew Stafford got one. That was a little bit shaky as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One more story here. Eagles 20, Cardinals 17. Came down to the feet of two substitute kickers. Dicker, the kicker, hit his. Amendola, the field gola, missed his. But also, Kyler Murray not getting the end of game right, sliding short of the first down, spiking and giving up third down, no chance to get closer even though they had time. After the game, Murray said he heard everyone screaming to clock it, so assumed he got the first down. And Kingsbury said the decision to clock it was his. Also, reports that the stadium jumbotron signaled first down. But there was no sign on the field from officials or no movement of change. So, Kevin, was it the kick that blew the chance at the tie or Kyler Murray's slide and spike? Well, I'm not going to go with the kick because anything can happen on that. But it was the setup, the run-up to all of that. I mean, you said it right there. Complete confusion on the Cardinals' sidelines because somebody clearly probably saw the scoreboard. The scorekeeper's not doing them any favors by having first down up there. And I guess the person who's doing that assumed, as did Cliff Kingsbury, that Kyler Murray had slid for farther enough to get the first down, and he didn't do it. So a complete calamity at the end of that game. That but you're buying the, the jumbotron. And not necessarily the referees on the field didn't do anything. They never made a suggestion it was a first down. You're buying that the Jumbotron fooled the Cardinals and Kyler and Kingsbury. Paige, how about you? It could happen. (laughs) How about blaming the Cardinals since they can't win a home game? What, they've lost eight in a row at home? Let's start with that. Let's come now to Murray. Why didn't Murray stay up? He slid. 
If you want to pick up the extra two yards, he doesn't know exactly where the first baseline is. Stay up, go into somebody, <laughs> get another couple of yards. Then you don't have to go through all that rigmarole. I think it was also a problem of uh, the jumbotron. For, jumbotron from this point is the guys trying to help the Cardinals when he actually mm. hurt them by putting up mm. first down. George Sedano. Tony, this is about Kyler Murray and lack of situational awareness. Did you see Cliff Kingsbury's face when he he slid? He immediately was like, you got to be kidding me. He knew he he was short right away. And also, KYP, know your personnel if you're the Cardinals. Matt Amendola is 2 of 9 on field goals more than 40 yards. That's 22%. You have to know that that guy just got signed off the street, and he's not necessarily good from that distance or beyond. Frank Isola. Yeah, you know, Murray's game management was poor at the end, but come on. This isn't high school. It's not college. You're only asking the kicker to make a 43-yarder. In today's NFL, mm. I'm not saying it's a chip That's shot, a new but it's kind here. of a chip shot in today's okay. NFL. That's on the kicker. Come on now, guys. The kicker has to make that. I don't know. If you poll 32 coaches, how confident do they feel in their kicker? I know one that does. <laughs> you see you see Baltimore last night, how they won it, and John Harper. Did you hear? Did you hear Justin Tucker talking about it after the game? 1.3 seconds. Around the Horn is presented by the refreshing taste of Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Chase. Thrilling opening weekend of playoff baseball with three road teams taking it. Let's go. What the Mariners did to Toronto, coming back from 8-1. And to celebrate on the road. Phillies, how they came back late in game one and how it carried them in game two over St. Louis. How Cleveland walked off Tampa in 15 and the Padres last night. Winner take all in Queens. Joe Musgrove is all of us snatching the souls of the Mets. Wait till next year, as Frank Isola said. George, who impressed you most? Tony. This is easy. The Seattle Mariners. It's been 21 years since they made the postseason or advanced in the postseason, and they did it in a fashion that was indescribable. Thanks to my buddy Willie who texted me. I went back to the game. I thought it was over. They whoa, might have been, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you admitting that? I'll give the 
allow me to give the points to Willie then. Good job at a Willie. That's Sedano. Woody Page, how about you? I agree with George, though, that it was the Mariners. Uh, prior to Saturday, 126 teams down by seven runs on the road in the postseason had lost. Nobody had ever done that in 126 games. I think that their comeback and the shutout they threw against the team that won 22 of its last 33 games. Mm. Kevin Blackstone. But Tony asks, who is the most impressive? That's got to be the Padres. Do you see that what they did to that Mets lineup? Shut them down. One hit. Everybody is on fire. Not only that, the hitters that they got that they picked up from the Nats are starting to get in there. Juan Soto went two for four yesterday. Josh Bell the other day when he got Scherzer. So I am most impressed by what the Padres did. guys, Sola. Yeah, one team had to play a winner-take-all game, and they did it on the road, and that was the Padres. And remember, Tati, Fernando Tatis Jr., such an important part of the team, isn't part of it. The Soto move looks terrific, and their pitching is dangerous, and that's going to be a good series against George, the back in. Thanks for nothing, Willie. That's all no, I got to okay. say. Right. <laughs> I love how you said they had to win a winner-take-all. You know why? Because Philly and Cleveland and Seattle didn't have to go there because they didn't lose going in. Let's go deeper, though. Kevin, you said San Diego was on fire. Looked like the ear of Joe Musgrove was on fire. And I say this again. This is so Mets. To go out on one hit while trumpets were blaring, but to have Joe Musgrove's shiny ear caressed a whole new level. His spin rate was up. People were talking about it. Buck Showalter says it's his job to do what's best for the Mets. So that and the whole letdown of the season for a team that – with $283 million payroll, was at the top of the league, Frank. What happened here? Yeah, and, and this is a team that won 100 games, and really that, you know, getting swept by the Braves set this whole thing up. But I thought Buck going out there last night when your team had nothing, it reeked of desperation. And then Buck is trying to sit there and tell you, well, we had information. Well, you checked him, and he didn't get kicked out of the game. Plus, he's getting checked out of after every inning. The Mets have a lot of seasons end with disappointment, and they end ugly. This one is right up there with some of the worst. Kevin Blackstall. Oh, you're absolutely right. But you know what else is Buck going to do? He couldn't manage him to get a second hit in that game. He's just trying to find <laughs> some way to turn things around. Couldn't do it. Too bad for the Mets. That payroll, 175 uh, days in first place. Couldn't get by the Braves and now can't get by the Padres. Oh. All right. Woody Page, how about you? You got a guy through the first no-hitter ever for the Padres who goes out seven innings, uh, one hit, and yet you've got the last defiant act of the baseball season by going out and having the umpires check his ears. Give me a break. You deserve to be out of the game. And, George, I know you weren't watching this, but when Willie sent you the text to say, yo, dude, there's an umpire caressing somebody's ear. You're going to love this. Go ahead. Actually, I text Willie about this game, so how about that? All right, now here's (laughs) – actually, I I do think it's desperation by Buck, but here's the one thing for Musgrove. It actually validates your performance because the umps did check you, and it goes to show you, hey, look, you know what? You can say all you want. I get the last laugh because you thought I was cheating, and I wasn't. And then he gave him the little thing from his nose, you know what I mean? So, Frank, you would put this as right there, or is it it as bad as it gets to have a team in – It's a 100-win season. But you're hosting all three games at home. You have to win two. Scherzer got hit like he did on Friday. There were big expectations this year. What's Steve now the Cohen? I know you'd like to think Steve Cohen is this current generation Steinbrenner a little bit. What's his move this offseason? 
I don't so know. You know they're going to go for Aaron Judge. Uh, I thought so. Aaron Judge, you say it too? What you, let's see if DeGrom hangs around. Paige, Isola hanging around. Showdown, two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the Horn is presented by the refreshing taste of Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hours. 14 undefeateds remain in, in college's top 25. The shuffling at the top of the top 25 has been fascinating the last couple weeks. So Georgia back at one and looking like themselves again. Alabama dropping to three because it needed up to the last play versus AM. And here's that last play. Defensive back Terry and Arnold said he could hear Jimbo Fisher screaming, Evan, 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 Evan Stewart, the receiver he was covering. And then that's the play? Woody, that's the play? It shouldn't be at all because even if he catches it, he's out of bounds. He's not scoring a touchdown. Jimbo should blame himself for what happened there. Frank? Ten years, 95 million, Jimbo. You got to come up with a better play than that or at least disguise it better as opposed to yelling at the receiver who you want the ball to go to. Quarterback's got to scramble there a little bit. No disguise. They threw Stewart 19 times in the game. I think we knew it was going to him. We'll split the points. WTF are we doing? That could be the slogan for this show, or for life. But it was Keenan Allen posting right before his team won. Chargers coach Brandon Staley going for it on fourth down from their own territory to win the game, not getting it. Gave the Browns a chance to kick the game. The winning field goal, right? But the Browns brown, and they and they missed it. So WTF, SMH, or I-M-H-O-F-T-W-P-A-W-G-T-G, Frank? <laughs> How about SOS? They got saved by that kick. And what are the Chargers done, doing right there? Nicely it's done. not slinging Sammy Ball as the quarterback. It's Jacoby Brissett. Punt the ball. Make them come down the field. But Frank, down, you don't need to Here's do the point. All's well that ends well. It worked out where it, it, they were able to win the game. That's all that matters. And you use that for, I think, SOS. LOL. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, point for the guy solo. Showdown three, NFL news of the day. Carolina Panthers firing head coach Matt Rule. They signed him for seven years. They eject at two and a quarter. And quarterback Baker Mayfield is now going to be out for a couple of weeks with a sprained ankle. So it's quarterback P.J. Walker and interim head coach Steve Wilkes. Woody, what do you say to Panthers fans? Go out to the Charlotte Speedway and just uh, shift your allegiance to another sport because this is not going well. <laughs> Frank? Why? 
Why would you give the guy seven years? You know what's going to be a rebuilding situation. You don't have a star quarterback. It seemed the whole thing seems absurd from the start, and now you're starting all over again. Frank Solo, 30 seconds of FaceTime. Wow. We've all wait, good news out of San Francisco is that Jordan Poole apparently is okay because he played last night in an exhibition game after what happened to him last week. You know, it's funny. I was with Draymond Green the day before the punch, and we've all seen that video. It's horrific. Why everyone, including people in the media, are outraged that the video got leaked, that's not where your outrage should be. Draymond Green, something has to happen here. The league needs to get involved. And don't tell me, well, it happens on the player guy. It happens all the time. This is at a workplace where he attacks somebody. That could have been a really scary situation. Draymond Green's a terrific player. Needs to do better there. You're right. People were very upset that it was leaked as much as a man was hit in the face. We'll see you tomorrow.